Welcome to another episode of Rooster Radio. We're still going. Episode four. We've survived. Uh, we're here in the Rooster Coop, Andrew Montessi and James Begley. We've got a sponsor for the first time. It's Pickstar, the platform that provides direct connections to elite athletes for marketing, events, promotions, anything that you like, pickstar.com.au. Now, Begs, I'll throw it over to you, mate. We've got um, our, our best guest, I reckon, so far. I guess besides myself and you, this is probably our, our most well-credentialed athlete who, who we've interviewed. Um, We've got Sean Tate with us, and Tatey was born in, in Nan, South Australia. Is that how you say it? Nan or Nan? Yeah, well, yeah. Nan? Nan, like a bit of a nasally... Nan. Nan. So he was born in, in Nan um, and began playing for the Redbacks by the age of 19, which is incredibly young, where his ultra-fast Yorkers and threatening bouncers um, saw him graduate to play Test Cricket for Australia, as well as a slew of one-day internationals and 2020s. Um, I guess this 2020 format has been of late uh, Tatey's bread and butter and he's very much become a franchise player. I'm just going to spend five seconds reading out some of these names. Um, the Rajasthan Royals, the Midwest Rhinos, the Renegades, the Strikers, the Firebirds, the Kings, the Eagles and the Hurricanes. Have I missed any there? There's some household name teams there, isn't there? <laughs> Mid- Midwest Rhinos from uh, Zimbabwe. Dizzy wrote me into that one. Uh, okay. there, there, there's plenty of animals in there as well. When you look at rhinos, eagles, kings. Yeah. Tatey made headlines uh, when one of his deliveries was clocked at 161 kilometres, uh, second only to the great showbags Akhtar, one of my favourite showbags, Schwab, showbags Akhtar. Um, Tay, I have to confess, I may have grown up in, in the latter half of my teenage years in a footy world, but I'm a massive cricket nuffy, so yeah. just watch out. Um, there is also some debate on Wikipedia as to some nicknames for, for Sean. We've got Wild Thing and we've got Sloon. So we might, uh, either of those are sort of the primary one. Yeah, I, I mean, not really great nicknames. I, I suppose Wild Thing was just a, a couple of lads made it up one day because I bowled all over the shop type thing. Um, and at that stage of my career, I tended to you know, give it a reasonable nudge off the field as well, which <laughs> sort of probably helped that nickname. But I've settled down in, in the last couple of years. Um, and the saloon was just a... Look, we were in a kind of long story short, we are in Sri Lanka in a, in a hotel and, and the, the guys, the locals there, thought my name was Sloon, not Sean, and it stuck. So that was, that's it. So I started checking in hotels in the subcontinent under Sloon tape. And, um, Producer Dell called you Big Rig as well. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, that was just a name through the young ages of the sacker, and I was bigger than everyone else, but fatter than everyone else. So. You have got the chassis and the structure of, a, of an AFL footballer. Did you ever play? I played, yeah. I played up in the hills at, at Onka, Onka Valley in Balhanna. Uh, did okay. Did, I, was, I was a bit lazy, though. Surprise, surprise. So I think cricket was my calling, yeah. Any, any names that, have, that went on to, to, to sort of greater AFL or, or footy heights? Played with uh, Courtney Johns, who played a bit for Essendon. Um, I played in his premiership side uh, up there. Um, but apart from that, no, nah, pretty thin up there. So. Um, and so just to summarise, I guess, the flow, Monty, of, of what we're going to look at today with, uh, with Tatey, whilst I'd love to just talk to him about my 7 for 48 in Sturt under 16 Reds which is probably my finest moment of cricket we'll, we'll probably focus on you know the, the tweet the, the tweet the, the T20 stuff and how that's really changed the cricket landscape and then we might um, pick uh, Sean's 
brains about sort of some of his investment things and what's good, bad, ugly and in and, and his landscape. So um, I might hand over to you, Monty, to kick us off. Yeah, first question, Tatey. I guess perhaps start by giving us a bit of a snapshot as to what your life looks like now as a T20 specialist. Are you living between two countries pretty much? No, I, it's, um, it's changed a bit the last year. Like I, I've definitely stopped playing um, cricket as much as I was, even even though I was playing 2020, I was uh, playing for a lot of teams and whatnot, but I'm just sort of winding down, to be honest. I mean, I haven't got much long left, I wouldn't have thought. Um, I've just come from the physio now to tape my shoulder back up. But, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I've got my Hobart Hurricane stuff coming up, um, and after that I actually don't know what's coming up. So I played, um, I, recently I played for Essex for three months in their 2020 comp in England, so... And that was it. I was meant to go to New Zealand, um, but my shoulder flared up again. Um, so at the moment, all, all that's on the horizon is the um, the Big Bash. Yeah. How, how do these arrangements, these short-term contracts, get brokered? What's what sort of marketplaces out there? I mean, how does that occur? I think um, you know I was playing for the Rajasthan Royals, and and that sort of came on the back of playing international cricket for Australia. So you know they wanted guys that have been playing international cricket regularly, and then. If you do all right for for so the Royals, then um, you know Essex, for example, look at the IPO and go, we could, you know, his stats are pretty good in twenty twenties. We'll grab him. So it's it's very much you have to turn up and perform um, to get another gig in another competition. And rarely do you get multi year deals. I mean, this this Big Bash now is the first time in my career I've got a multi year deal. So um, you, it's just about turning up, performing, and then um, and, and you know the funny thing is half the time you make friends with players and they actually get the deal yeah, done yeah. yeah so it's pretty club like it's pretty yeah. it can be quite bush league like that but it's good <laughs> it suits me yeah so as far as you mentioned winding things down is that is that because of your body or is it just yeah. sort of time to maybe just think about that retirement yeah I think it's a bit of both I mean like I haven't played a, a hell of a lot of cricket over the last few years but I've played consistently but not you know not full time professional cricket I suppose but it's my 14th year this year, and that's, that's quite a long time for a fast bowler, I think, and even though I have played the shorter forms more often, but it's a long time, and um, yeah, I think you, obviously, it's completely a physical thing, but then after a while, you sort of, if you're just playing to get paid and have a job, I think you've got to look elsewhere in life, maybe, so, um, and I'm pretty simple, I'm happy to just to wind, wind down and drink wines on my veranda in the hills, to be honest, that's, yeah, I don't need much else in life, yeah. Let's look at this 2020 product. I mean, when it first came on the scene, um, I just thought this was a big tonk fest. I'm a bit of a Puritan when it comes to the actual um, cricket. But um, why why do you think it's just become this this wave and momentum yeah. of uh, of bringing new people to cricket? I suppose I think you look at the the modern world in ge- in general. It's, it's pretty fast and. Yeah, social media, everyone's on their phones, everyone's walking around with their head down, no one's paying attention to too much what's going on, it's all happening really fast and I think that's, in my opinion, 2020's come at that time, um, the game's over in three hours, there's you know, sixes, there's music and, and, and I suppose women and, and families are getting attracted to the game a lot more, it's not just the, the blokes turning up to watch test cricket, so I think it just goes with the landscape of the world at the moment, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Do you have any views as to what's next? beyond, I don't know if it's beyond T20 or can you see anything changing? Is the landscape changing at all from when T20 really burst on the scene? Like, what do you think's ahead? Yeah, it's a tough one. I don't know. I'm, they're trying, obviously, the test test match coming up in Adelaide now is going to be a day-night test. I, I don't really agree with that, to be honest. I, I think it's... 
I think they're trying too hard there. I think they've got to make sure they keep Test cricket in its place and, and just let 2020 take over whatever it takes over. It's not going to take over Test cricket. It's completely different. But, you know, you, everything's got its place. And I think if you're trying to make Test cricket into, into one-day cricket, into 2020, it's, it's going to become a bit of a shambles. So I think just embrace it and let it go. I mean, it's, it's pretty good to watch. The Big Bash is good. It's... You know, through that summer period, the, the holiday season, there's a game on every night, and you know it's you know it's pretty entertaining stuff. So just let it go. Yeah. On that game every day um, format, that for me has actually changed my view of of the Big Bash. Before that, I wasn't that interested, and then all of a sudden, January's a low period. There's a game on every day. I'm, I'm into it. It's in the background. I'm starting to watch it. How much now, as a cricketer, do you have to be an entertainer? For those who haven't seen Big Bash, you're mic'd up while you're batting, you're mic'd up while you're bowling, the keepers can be mic'd up, you know, you've got fireworks, you've got drums, you've got, you know, it's all happening. It's like the basketball. Do you feel a sense now of needing to be an entertainer and a good cricketer? Yeah, I think so, definitely. Um, but it's, it's like footy season, you know, there's so many people watching footy on Friday nights and your, your Saturday night game or your Sunday arvo. Whereas cricket became a bit of a, a bit of a bore to be honest. I, not so many people sat there and went, "Oh, I'm going to sit down and knuckle, knuckle out eight hours on the test <laughs> on the test today." I'm going to, you know, I'm going to watch a 2020 game that goes two and a half hours. So that's the difference. I mean, you have to entertain and keep people watching. And I think that it's the first time cricketers have felt, um, you know, you're playing for a club, you're playing every second, third night, maybe. And it sort of makes you feel like the, you know, like the American sports NBA, you, you feel like you are an entertainer a yeah. bit more rather than just sit in the field at fine leg and there's a couple of seagulls and three blokes <laughs> abusing your fine leg. That's, that's it. So the Big Bash is quite good in, in that sense, yeah. I mean, at the time when you first decided to focus exclusively on 2020, obviously it, it caused a lot of discussion and it was always talked about, oh, you know, it's because of Tatey's body and, and that's fine. But how much of that was just also a pure commercial decision? I mean, it makes... It yeah. makes business sense to play 2020 and focus on it and prolong yeah. your career for as long as you can. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was I mean, the physical side of it was was uh, probably 80, percent and then I suppose you look at it and go, well, that also works in the fact that you know there was a time I remember I had a, a, a lot of critics and whatever, and I was sort of like, well, if you got asked to do a job for for half the hours, the same similar sort of pay, mm-hmm. same sort of pay, possibly if you do well. Um, you know, and, and you get to travel the world still and, and do some nice things. Well, what would you do? Most people would take that job. And, sure. But I sort of look back on it sometimes and go, maybe I should have gone for an extra year or two of one-day cricket for Australia, but I, I just couldn't see what I was going to achieve. I'd... Yeah, um, and the risk is, for you, I would imagine, that you know, if you bust your mm. shoulder completely in a four-dayer for the Redbacks or whatever, um, you know, your whole career is mm. cactus. Well, that's the, then, um, yeah, that's the thing. Who's going to pay me then? You know, like I haven't got a college degree, a uh, university degree or... You know, I didn't invest so much time into my outside life because cricket was full on. You know, I was playing for Australia at a young age or, or the Redbacks. and You haven't got too much time to do uh, study and, and, and sort your, your life after cricket out. So that's what, you know, I was like, well, no one else is going to pay me, so this is my decision to make for myself. Um, whether that's right or wrong, I don't know. And that's, you know, that's, that's just the way it is, yeah. People will never understand, unless they've been in your position or an elite athlete's position, it, it is work. It becomes work. And that's what people think, wow, how can you look at it in that form? But you do. You wake up every day, you've got to train. It's not like playing club cricket on a Saturday and drinking frothies with yeah. the boys. It's not like playing some footy. It becomes a grind. So I'm, I am fascinated with how the, the T20 has given um, you know, that mid, to a degree, that mid-range cricketer 
a, a capability to make some big dollars. Can you give us some brackets of what some of the guys have earned? I know from from Googling, mate, there was a few contracts for you that were thrown out 300000 but what are some of those figures that some of the boys Glenn Maxwell have made in the past? Yeah, I suppose the IPL changed it a bit. Um, um, Maxwell was on about 950 or, or or a mil for technically six weeks' work, but it's, it's not six weeks' work because it's what he's done in the past that got him that deal. Mm-hmm. So um, the IPL was a bit ridiculous for some guys I got yeah I, for a couple of years there I was on over 300 grand is it still like that um, yeah it is not for me yep. but it is for, for a lot of guys um, you know AB de Villiers and these guys are probably 1.5 million you know for six weeks work and and then the, you, you talk about the big bash the blokes that you'd never heard of before because they couldn't get a game in a four day side or a one day side because there's only six day, six teams now we're starting to see those blokes um, make a name for themselves in 2020 cricket. Then they're getting picked for the Shield side. Then they're getting picked for Australia through 2020 cricket. And then they're, they're making a living, which they, you know, we might have lost them to footy because mm. they can make an easy li- living in football. Now they look at it and go, well, if I get a big, big bash contract, it's going to, you know. Change my life. Yeah. Um, also, uh, the thing that really sticks in my mind is that when I was coming through, sorry to harp on my under 16 Reds <laughs> uh, club days, but you have to make a decision, and I, I picked footy because the pathway was better and there was more chance to make money. Back then, it was 12 cricketers in Australia get paid really well, and the rest don't bother. Um, and all of a sudden, now, this 2020, this big bash IPL has given a pathway for guys who, who might not have had it. So, really interesting. Yeah, Sean, you might not be aware, but I opened the bowling for the Redbacks under-14s and under-15s as well. So they had a Redbacks team. Yeah, they did have a Redbacks team then, a little development squad, so we can talk about that if we want. But it's probably a good time to actually read our first sponsor message. Um, How much are we getting paid for this? Uh, it's, I think it's going to be negotiable. Um, it is actually your company, James, uh, Pickstar. <laughs> So co-founded by AFL champion Matthew Pavlich and Rooster Radio's own James Begley, Pickstar provides direct connections to over 500 Australian sports stars for marketing, events and promotions. You can put an opportunity directly to international athletes like Sean Tate, AFL stars, basketballers, Olympians. Pickstar has access to them all. You might be looking for a brand ambassador, a product endorsement, a tweet from a big-name sports star, a guest speaker or a unique experience to auction off at a fundraiser. Anything goes. You can register an opportunity for free, no obligations, with any budget. Just visit pickstar.com.au. It takes 30 seconds. How did I go, Beggs? Mate, that was first class. That was absolutely magnificent. Look, I just wanted to switch up the mood a little bit. I want to take you back, Tatey, to 08 when you you took a break. Um, It was obviously quite unexpected at the time. Um, perhaps give us a bit of an insight as to what you were going through there. Oh, it was wonderful. I went to America, I went to New Zealand, fly fishing, <laughs> had a great break. Was, yeah. Um, no, nah, that was, uh, it was a bit of a weird time. I, I sort of look back, I've been asked that question quite a bit, um, and I, I sort of, it's a bit of a blur. It's hard to remember, but to put it plainly, I, I think I was, I'd had a gut full of cricket. That was, you know, like you were saying before, Begs, about the grind, um, and then if you're injured, like I was injured all the time, and, and Trying to explain, I just need a few days rest. I couldn't get that, so I had to keep bowling and keep, you know, smashing out, and it just wasn't working. I was sick and tired of it, and that built up over about six, seven, eight month period, I think. Um, so it wasn't just a, a snap decision. Um, and I, I just, I was probably sick and tired of it. attention you get if, you, if you're not that sort of person. Um, 
which a lot of footy players, cricketers, or anyone, anyone goes through. Um, and then the whole thing of the physical side of things. And, um, and you, you, I felt like a bit of a robot. You, you're in this system, like you said, and, and you can't make any decisions for yourself. And I felt they were making the wrong ones for me, and it sort of all just blew up, I suppose. And I just needed a break, that was it, yeah. Um, people always will view it, though, that oh, but you've, got a, you've got the chance, a dream to live what every young bloke wants to live. And, and did you feel that pressure that I've got to keep going because I'm privileged yeah. to be in this position, so I should keep doing it, not because I'm passionate about it? Yeah, I did, I, I, definitely. I mean, I, I sat back and went, what am I doing? You know, this is ridiculous. And especially in a country like Australia, you get branded soft and all that sort of thing. And it's, it's pretty tough yards when you're getting people calling you soft in the papers. And it's like, hang on, it's not that. It's more of a, you know, I just had a gut full and I was, and I was honest about it. So I, that's... Um, but you take that. I never got the respect back from that, I felt. Like, I never passed players, whether it was media, whether it was players I played with. I never felt that respect again. Um, but that's a decision I made. And if I didn't make that decision, I'd, I'm not sure it would have gone... You know, I might have not played at all, and that would have been it. So. Yeah, I was, I was going to ask how it was received, because, you know, year on year, in Australia, we get better at, you know, talking about things like mental exhaustion, mm. on top of the physical stuff. But, you know, even OA... We hadn't actually come that far from a stigma perspective around mm. this thing where we can talk about, okay, whether it's, whether it's depression or just purely stress or mm. whatever. Mm. So I can imagine that it, people probably didn't actually take it that well. No. no, not at all. I mean, even my own family members, some, some of them were like, what the, what, what the hell? Yeah. You can swear, by the way. Oh, you can? Yeah. All right. What the fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, what's, yeah, what, yeah, I couldn't explain it at that time. and um, I just wanted to actually... You know what? Half the time when you... When you start at a young age, you want to be sort of normal, if you know what I mean, and just go and have a few beers with your mates and not miss out on all these, you know, miss out on birthdays and weddings because you're overseas playing cricket with Australia. I know that sounds ridiculous, but that's how I felt. Yeah. I told the coach that at the time as well, and I think he thought I was a complete idiot, but that's just what I want to do, go to the country footy and knock around my mates, you know, so that's part of it as well. Just to wrap up, I guess, this, this sort of little line of questioning... Um, how did you come back from the break, from a refreshed sort of point of view? Did you feel that that little bookmark achieved its goal? Yeah, I, yeah, it did. I, I remember coming back into the squad after that and um, and feeling pretty good about cricket again and, and wanting to get back into it. And and um, you know, I had a, I, had, I went to America with a friend of mine and I chatted with him the whole time I was over there. And I went to New Zealand with another friend of mine. And just speaking to a couple of mates, whatever helps as well. And they, you put things in perspective and what's important to you. And I think at that young age, if I was to quit playing cricket, I would have regretted that now. Yeah. I guess moving into your personal world, um, you know, family, life, business, mm. maybe tell us a bit about your wife. Um, been married for about a year, swimsuit model, yeah. wine entrepreneur. You've, you've, you've ticked some boxes yeah, there, Tony. Terrible combination, terrible combination. <laughs> No, she, yeah, I met her during the IPL. I played at Rajasthan and, um, and we had parties all the time and, and I was at all of them. And, um, <laughs> and uh, so she was uh, one of the catwalk models. I had a, a bunch of catwalk models along the way and, and um, just doing these shows for the cricketers. And, and I just met her and she was, she's a really nice person, to be honest. She was, I mean, it sounds, yeah, okay, she was a model and this and that. And, but she's um, quite down to earth and pretty um, quiet and, and whatever. And she's ended up, now she's moved over here with me. So she's... Um, got a job at a winery and she's living up in the hills with me so yeah so just from what I've read obviously seems commercially minded as well have you guys 
talked about? I mean, was that wrong? Um, have you guys talked about other business opportunities in the future? Or yeah, I suppose uh, when we were together and we were sort of still in India and thinking about coming over, a few things got floated around. But I've found ninety percent of things that come up as opportunities or look like opportunities tend not to happen. Ninety percent of the time, I would say, and then you get the a couple left over that, that seem alright or actually work out. So there's a lot of things. That all sportsmen, I suppose get approached to do certain things and it sounds wonderful at the time and, and doesn't work out that's we've had a lot of that um but we're both pretty normal people and and we just want to chill out and have a pretty normal life you know so that's yeah we keep things pretty simple big figures ipl big bash you know there's an opportunity is, is, is to make money um do you actually have to work and earn a living at the moment or do you have some space to be to make some deals or that cash flow mm-hmm from your own point of view, is, yeah. is, is, is good enough. That's what I go through every day in my head. I, I think you probably... This, when, you, when you're a sportsman, it, not a day goes by you don't think about the first day you retire, I think. And I can't remember, definitely for the last five years, I haven't thought about what I'm going to do when I finish. And I don't think you ever really work it out until you finish properly. I, I think you need that time to yeah work out exactly what you might be passionate about or, or might enjoy doing. So I've, I've, I've bought a share in a pub down at Port Elliot here and... Um, and that's been going all right, and I did my first shift yesterday. So I'm actually going to start working in the place now as well. So that's a bit of an interest, and I actually enjoyed it. I was surprised myself. So that's um, probably my thing at the moment I want to do is, is knuckle, knuckle that out and, and get the pub going, yeah. Just on that too, because I, having worked at Fremantle and a big guy, Aaron Sandlin, seven-foot ruckman, and he's a country boy. And interestingly enough, I asked him, what are you going to do when you finish playing uh, footy? And he said, you know, I'm keen for you know, getting the lawnmowing business. And I said... Awesome owner business. How many lawnmowers do you want? He said, no, no, I just want to hop on a lawnmower. Literally. like <laughs> work, Yeah, he just wants to get on a lawnmower and mow lawn. Yeah, and, and from here, from his point of view, I'm thinking of you pouring some beers. There's this yeah. zone out. You don't think. There's no pressure. Yeah. You just zone out. Yeah, I think, funny you mentioned lawnmowers. I actually invested 50% of a lawnmower business with my brother, and he runs it. So there yeah, you go. I've got a day next week with him on the mower too. But, um, yeah, I think... Uh, the other thing with the pub is, and down there, the locals, it's pretty slow moving down there, apart from the summer, it gets really busy. And, um, but even to share some cricket stories with the locals that want to talk cricket, I think that works well. Like, you know, I've always visioned having a restaurant or something. I'm into food and wine and whatever, and just, you know, talking shit and, and chatting stories that you don't hear in press conferences and whatever that, you know, you can share with the locals. So that sort of goes, works well as well. Yeah. Do you feel like you were prepared well enough for these sort of, the retirement post cricket commercial realities. I mean, do you, is there anything that you look back on when you're playing for Australia or whatever, and you think, "Geez, I probably should have done that better. I should have invested there, or maybe I could have managed my funds a bit better." Uh, I reckon I've always been alright with my funds. I've had some decent people around me. Um, my manager, Andrew McRitchie's, when I was a young kid, put me in touch with a lot of uh, decent people, and I've, I've, like I said, I'm not an extravagant person. I've obviously spent money on flights going back and forth to India to see the missus, but. I haven't um, had too many flash cars or flash houses or anything like that, so my money's saved pretty well. Um, but, yeah, I think I probably could have gone down the path of um, networking a bit better while I was playing for Australia or, you know, you go to London, you meet these business people, but I was more of a bloke that was like, get me the fuck out of here, I just want to go have a beer <laughs> at the pub across the road. That was more my yeah. attitude at that time. So I probably could have made an effort to make more contacts in, in you know, Sydney or Melbourne or Adelaide, wherever it is, but um, I just wanted to just chill out most of the time, so yeah. 
if you were to look at your split, just as some broad percentages, business investments, some invest shares, whatever, do you actively think about what sort of percentages are in each of those pots and, and any ideas to what they roughly are? Yeah, um, shares, I've got, um, I'm trying to think of percentages, but I have always had a, a decent amount of shares. I lost a whole heap um, at the, at the, what's the economical, yeah, that's one. Um, that's probably a lot of people did. Um, that was okay. I, I think I was still earning decent money at that time, whereas if I lost that now, I'd be pretty pretty peeved. Um, you know, you, you term, term deposits just to have a reasonable interest um, rather than just sticking your money in the bank. I've got a, a few different term deposits. Um, I've got a guy in Melbourne that runs that all for me. A mate of mine, Alan Wise, used to play for South Australia and Victoria. Um, and then the pub, um, I've got a, a fair investment in the pub. Um, I've got a 30% share down there. Um, and like I said, the, the lawn mowing and um, and I've pumped a lot, a lot of money into property as well. I've got a bit of property up in the hills. And um, my, my one goal while I was playing was to pay my house off. And I did that. So that's, that's um, yeah, if you're not paying a mortgage along the way, it's going to make it easier in retirement as well. So. Do you have an idea of um, how, you know, like this is an amount that I need to kind of earn or, or, or generate each year post footy. Have you even? I'm oh, sorry, post cricket. Have you have you got to that point yet? I've, I've definitely got to that point, but um, I reckon it's going to take a few years before that all settles down. Um, and then you, you sort of think, you know, how much more can I push my, myself, my elbow, my shoulder, and get another year out of myself to make that extra 100, 120, 150 grand, or whatever it is. Um, but I think I'm quite comfortable. And like I said, you pay your house off. You haven't got a mortgage to pay. You can sort of bring that back from maybe earning 120 a year down to 70. You know, um, at the moment, if I retired today and I was earning 50 grand a year, 40, yeah, I'd be all right. I'd be happy. Yeah, the wife makes a reasonable living as well, so I'd be happy with that. Yeah. This might seem like a really stupid question, but the mechanics of getting paid from international. Uh, entities, IPL, you know, you've got South Africa. How does that, do you have any idea of what happens with money transfers or how it all actually tax and yeah. flows through? Do you pay attention to that or does someone else worry about it? Yeah, I, I, I did um, later in my career, I set up an account through uh, Wisey, my financial guy, and he, um, it was an offshore account um, with Barclays and it sort of, basically what it does is saves you paying fees. So every time, if you get paid 100 or 200 grand from the IPL, comes in your account, you pay you know, two or three grand's worth of fees, it stops that. So you, you essentially save um, a bit of cash there, and I think it's better for your tax. So I, I don't look into too much, and he looks after that. But um, if I did that early in my career, it would have been a lot better. So I probably haven't saved that much money. Um, my, like I wanted to keep everything simple, so my thing was just have my account, get it in there, and then when it's, all my money's in my account, you pay your tax to live in this country, it's a great country, that's fine. Um, and then I used to work out from my account where I was going to put it then. Turn deposits, shares, property. So I kept my, my stuff pretty simple, yeah. So, Tati, you sort of touched on this a little bit already, but what's ahead for you? I mean, let's just say in five years' time, um, give us a snapshot of what you think your life might look like. Um, I mean, I would say... Uh, I mean, I would love to open a restaurant. A friend of mine, uh, made a, even if it's a coffee shop, cafe, bar, wine bar, whatever it is, I would be quite happy doing that um, and working away at something like that. But at the moment, I've got the pub as well. So it could be that. It could be working in the pub, learning a lot, um, and then investing maybe in something else. But, um, you know, I, I, I live in the Adelaide Hills now. You know, a couple of kids are probably running around the place, I suppose. Um, as long as I can keep hold of a nice house um, and, and, and put your kids through a nice education, 
um, and live comfortably without being extravagant. I'm, that's me. I'm happy with that. You know? Yeah. We should introduce Tatey to uh, Josh Baker, one of our earlier Rooster Radio guests who shares a little space here in the Rooster Coop um, because, yeah, Bakes is opening up a heap of different restaurants, right. cafes, and continue, yeah, keen to keep doing it. So, yeah. sounds good. I just, yeah, I just think that's a, yeah, along those lines, you're chatting to people, you're not getting bored and, you know, interested in food and drink and I think it's the way forward, yeah. You strike me as someone who enjoys a simple life, the laid-back aspects, the normal things, you take pleasure in those. Clearly Adelaide suits you. There's no desire in the end to live in the big hustle and bus of India or other parts of Australia? I don't, yeah, I mean, India's obviously there, it's where my wife's from and, and we'll continue to visit, but I just... The last sort of year and a half when I've moved back here full time, I've and I've, I spent a, a, lot, a lot of time in Mumbai and in, in India, and it's great fun. But the, the quality of life here is just awesome. And I, you, you can't really, yeah, you can't really go against Australia and Sydney, Melbourne. There's nothing there for me, you know. I don't. Everything's here. It's in Adelaide, and I'm happy with that it's just a flight away, I suppose. Yeah. So. Well, look to to summarise, mate. I've uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed my time. It's I go a bit weak at the knees when it comes to Australian cricketers. So, um, mate, thank you for coming in and sharing, you know, some really honest accounts of the way that you've set yourself up, um, some of your experiences in the in the 2020 uh, zone. Um, I think as soon as we go offline, that's when I'll start talking about the risk position. Um, for, for, I was renowned for an outswinger, although I noticed on Wikipedia you, you, were, you, you, you were termed ultra-fast, and I was probably sort of medium with downwind, downhill, a bit of fast. <laughs> See, did you actually represent the state, though? See, Tatey and I have both represented South Australia... Uh, Oh, yeah. he's tossing up footy at the same time. What are you supposed to do? <laughs> yeah. um, no, so look, mate, uh, thanks again for making a window in your calendar this week to come in. And um, we'll, we'll continue to keep you informed of Rooster Radio. But from our point of view, thanks again, mate. Really appreciate it. Cheers, lads. I'd love to come on again. Yeah, yeah. look forward to it.